The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat come to minnesota jill hirsch your petty drama can't take this warrior down jamie all some people call me cold but it's not me it's that minnesota weather sarah gibbs you may not like the cut of my jet but that's what you get from sarah gibbs richie d if you can't be cool you can't be with caduce megan shah i may be a model but i'll never be your model minority samaj bledson the fun bus is here and i'm driving on the turn Pike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins, Philstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is. my friends it's just me Noor today alone I'm gonna be wrapping up uh this the six week period that I spent without Arthi by doing one more solo episode because uh Arthi is currently traveling so I'm just gonna be talking alone today to you guys it's gonna be a quickie we're gonna be talking about OC Jersey and the Salt Lake City finale reunion whatever so you know, I want to start with Jersey because honestly, between the three shows, that's probably been the most interesting one, in my opinion. Oh, before we talk about Jersey, we do have to talk about, um, I mean, we don't have to, <laughs> I would like to talk about the Bubba's divorcing or planning to divorce. One says they're separating. The other one says they don't want to use the D word. And I say, is this a storyline? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Like, they're going to start re- recording. They're going to start filming, like, what, in a couple of weeks, right? Like, a couple of months. And, like, Lala's newly single. And look, look, let me just say this. Katie should absolutely not be married to this man. This, like, wet towel sack of potatoes. I don't know what I'm saying. Just like this dull person who I I think like is just I don't know I I don't understand why Katie's with him I I always believe that to some degree it's that she herself doesn't value herself enough so she thinks she needs to be with somebody like Tom at the same time he probably like makes her laugh and he's charming and 
everybody probably brushes off his behavior as funny and silly in their friend circle. And they look at her as being sort of, you know, the Debbie Downer because she might bring up that he's problematic or frustrating or lazy or whatever from time to time. I don't know. Anyway, not to deep dive too hard and psychoanalyze them, but I do think that Katie should not be with him. However, Katie and Tom, well, Tom had a storyline kind of last year, right? Because of this um, bar or whatever that him and Tom Sandoval were making. But Katie didn't really have one. And initially when I heard the news, when I saw the rumors, I was like, okay, this is probably just stirring up excitement for the next season. But this now then after like seeing the statements, I'm like, I don't know. Obviously, again, I want her to leave him, but I wonder if some of it is for the show because it's not like they're going to start filming and like only film one unless, of course, Katie is leaving the show, which is a different thing. Also, like, what about their house? Have they moved out? Did they take a loan? I don't know. But anyway, oh, another thought I had was, you know how Katie kept saying last year, like, look, if if something goes wrong financially, I'm on the line just as much as him because we're married, whatever. I thought to myself, are they going to divorce so that Tom Schwartz can continue to do more of his like risky financial management alone on his own and Katie's not going to be held responsible for it? I don't know. I have a lot of theories. Either way, I wish them the best. Um... Tom Schwartz really knows how to write a statement because it did seem very genuine. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. Katie has never been my favorite person on Vanderpump Rules, but she's the person that I felt the worst for because her boyfriend dumped a bunch of beer on her head. Like what? Second season? <laughs> Blacked out and got made out with people blacked out and didn't show up at a resort, like didn't show up in the room at like multiple vacations, you know, has lazy swimmers, was told not to drink so she can get pregnant. And then he still continued to drink while she like carries the brunt of you're not having babies probably because there's something wrong with the woman shit, you know? So it's like, Tom's not great to Katie. Um, and I hope this makes Katie at least a, a better person. I'd like to see Katie Maloney without Tom. Because a majority of her on the show has been either like Stassi's friend or Schwartz's wife. And I want to see Katie on her own. That's too many minutes spent talking about the Bubba's. Let's move on to Jersey. Okay. So in Jersey, we opened up back at this uh, men's dinner, whatever, drinks. And, you know, Evan was putting on a tough guy face and said Bill can leave because his wife is a bad person. And Bill leaves, rightfully. And Evan says something like, you know, he allows his wife to do this, which like, again, like these are insane statements because the women initially said that, you know, Jennifer brought this on herself because she does mean things to people. It's not really Bill's fault. But at the same time, Jennifer shouldn't be mad at the women for bringing this up. She should be mad at Bill because Bill is the one who cheated. The men are saying Jennifer did this to herself because she talks shit about people and Bill should be the one to control his wife, even though 
Bill is the one who cheated. None of this would have happened if Bill didn't cheat. It's like nobody makes any sense and everybody's stupid. And one of the things that frustrated me was that Evan kept saying, you know, his wife was going around digging. Marge digs all the time, gives it to little Joe Benigno, and then Joe Benigno brings it up on camera and literally nobody gets mad about it because all the women are friends with Marge. So it's okay because they like her, you know? Um, So anyway, Bill got up and he left and he said he's not going to put up with that, which I understand. Again, Bill's point is Jennifer wasn't the one who brought up the rumor. She asked a couple of questions about the rumor. It doesn't mean that she's necessarily a bad person or a worse person for doing this. Now, Jennifer does bad things and she's a she can be a bad person for other reasons, but that's not one of them because they all do it. And let's all remember, Frank Catania is the one who was saying to Bill, by the way, I know the girl. And so Bill told his wife and Jennifer asked a follow-up question. Like, again, why are we not talking about Frank bringing this up? Why are we not talking about Teresa spreading the rumor? Why? You know why? Because they want Frank on the show because Frank, everybody loves Frank. The people love Frank and his tiny martinis, you know? And they want, they obviously know they cannot have the show without Teresa. Nobody's going to get rid of Teresa. So I don't know. I think it's also stupid that they're all just mad at the Aidens, but whatever. Either way, Bill leaves. They say, fine, let him leave. Frank, I do think, was reasonable in going over there. But I also kept seeing he does that Kyle Richards kind of nervous, <laughs> nervous tongue because the men are all talking about like Bill and Jennifer and how they're shady and all this stuff. And I feel like somewhere in Frank's head, he was like, oh, I hope none of these guys bring up the fact that I'm the one that told Bill about the girl. <laughs> anyway, they uh, also want to note that Joe Gorga is smiling so hard, so hard. It. <laughs> Honestly, to me, it looks like Jackie and Melissa sat their husbands down and were like, here's what we're going to do, guys. Okay, you guys need to play along. Like, I feel like Jackie, because she cried all last season, like there was so much garbage that probably happened in her house. Not garbage. There's just a lot of probably drama and stress that happened in her house. And Jackie was like, look, Evan, I look so stupid. I need you to like be the alpha for me. And like that was it. And then, you know, Joe Gorga, like he just needs an excuse to be on camera more. So it just the way they were smiling just felt to me like, OK, cool. Your plan worked. Great. And and Joe is acting like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Like, I don't know why, Bill, what's going on. That's crazy. Good. It's just it's so corny. Anyway, one more thought. Yeah, I think I did mention Joe. Benigno. I'm looking at my notes, guys. Sorry. Joe Benigno, yes, cannot control Marge. So, like, who the hell are they to be like, Bill needs to control his wife? Like, get the fuck out of here. Marge literally threw a man in the pool. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Um, also, like, Evan is just, like, doing too much. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, the Louis comes up. They're talking about the abuse allegations. Little Tiki Barber is really trying to not talk about his own very um, salacious past with his wife. The Barbers are just like, let's talk about other people as much as we can to get camera time. Also kind of sounded like they were given like instructions by producers and they were like, you got it, production. I'm going to say all the things you need me to say. But anyway, Louis stuff comes up. When he shows up and Joe and Louis start talking about it, Joe does this, 
Like, it's so fake. He's like, if you ever hurt my sister. Shut up, Joe Gorga. But he comes up, and Louis' explanation is basically that bitches be crazy. <laughs> Can't trust these hoes. You know? But we can still get engaged to these crazy bitches, I guess. He tells everybody that the ex was wild enough and not to be trusted because she also stabbed her ex-husband with a butcher knife. Um, Okay. But then he got engaged to her because he gave her benefit of doubt. So Frank says, you know what? Let me give Louis benefit of doubt. Whatever. Um, the next day, everybody's like in their houses talking to their partners about guys night, whatever. Um, Teresa, when she gets upset about the girls bringing it up and especially like Tiki and Kiki Barber bringing it up all the time, she keeps, she said something like, I don't want to burst my love bubble. And, you know, Teresa's kind of like Vicky in her delusion and her like need to be loved. And I don't understand it because there's nothing more unattractive to me than there's nothing that can there's nothing that could kill my lady boner more than being suspicious of my spouse or my partner right like if i have if i have to second guess myself or if i if i don't trust you like that's it there's nothing romantic enough in the world no scrolls or blankets of affirmations that could ever you know make me change my mind but Teresa wants to be loved just the way Vicky Gundelson wants to be loved, just the way um, – who else is like that? Mm. Yeah, that's it. They're the, they're like the two super-duper delusional ones when it comes to – you know, honestly, I used to think Kenya was a little bit like that too, but Kenya puts her foot down and she walks away when she needs to. But these are women who just love to be loved and they want to be swept off their feet. And maybe Teresa finds it adorable because – we know Joe Judice wasn't going to do that. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's see. Then what happens? Um, oh, we have this scene with Jennifer and Bill. And, you know, Jennifer really tells Bill, like, hey, dude, you got to start defending me because people are looking at us like we're a mess. And the truth is, Jennifer, you are a mess. Your marriage is not good. And I feel for her because. I know people don't like Jennifer, but a lot of the stuff that she shows on the show, you know, there's a lot of like similarities between how she manages her marriage, similar to how Dolores manages, uh, you know, her emotions, similar to how Teresa used to manage her marriage. There's this like old school mentality, which has always been a big part of Jersey is like, they're not just like women from Jersey who flip tables. They're also you know, all very deeply bound to the culture that they belong in. There's something else that that really holds them. And it's, it's kind of, I've always said this, this is what bothers me about Marge and how she views these things, right? She doesn't get it because in her mind, she views everything from like her very American uh, white feminist lens. And while I definitely don't agree with the way that Teresa and Jen and even Dolores sometimes manage their feelings or how they deal with uh, conflict or how they deal with men, I understand because it's just the culture that they come from. And in in those situations, the only person they're hurting are themselves. Obviously, it's problematic when Jen starts to, you know, call Marge a slut or a whore or whatever when she says all these things. But 
it's just a view of the world that is not something that Marge understands. She has no empathy for it. But anyway, Jennifer tells Bill, like, you got to be around more. And Bill basically says, like, I'm just a silent person and I shut down. And I feel for Jennifer because she's literally begging for her husband to connect with her and talk about these feelings. And he is, like, not interested in dealing with any of it because as far as he's concerned, I'm sure he has a mentality where I do enough. You're a stay-at-home mom. You have everything in the world. I've given you all the money. I take care of your family. I take care of our kids. You don't ever have to worry about money. Why do you need to also dig into me emotionally? Because Bill probably belongs to or was conditioned to believe that his place as a husband is just to be the breadwinner, the primary breadwinner, to you know, make sure financially his wife is set and his wife's role is to take care of the kids and, you know, be a vessel for children and be a homemaker. So they're just very traditional roles. And it's kind of similar to how Teresa probably grew up. And it probably is the way that Joe Gorga wishes his wife was. It's just that old school mentality that I don't necessarily agree with, but It's one that we can see across multiple cultures, um, especially in Jersey. But I also want to jump to a later scene when Jen has this conversation with her brother, Stephen, and I loved it. You know, she talks about telling her mom about Bill's affair, and she does it because she doesn't want her mom to find out from anybody else. And immediately her mom jumps to, we're going to get Marge for doing this because she doesn't see it as it was wrong for Bill to do it in the first place. She sees it as it was wrong for it to be brought up because um, we should always protect men. And it's so interesting because Jennifer said something about, you know, comparing her relationship with Bill to her marriage, her mom's marriage with her father. And it's crazy because last year, you know, Jennifer kept saying like, you know, my mom keeps saying, Like, you don't understand your father. You don't know what he's done to me. He's just because he's so calm. You guys all think that I'm the crazy one. And it's like, I feel like that's probably what Jennifer sees too, where she's like, everybody thinks that I'm the firecracker. Everybody thinks that I'm the problem because I want to talk about my feelings because I want to show emotion because I don't hold things in. And everyone thinks that Bill is so good because he doesn't have any feelings. But that's also not good. It just... I really enjoyed seeing the similarities there. And I I like, I I don't know if Jennifer has the wherewithal to see the comparison. I mean, she kind of mentioned that she did. She didn't want to be like her mom 50 years from now being like, you know, I have all these resentments. But I hope that she realizes that that there's a cycle there of of, um, the way these marriages work because of like old school conditioning. And I just... I don't know, like, I hope that she realizes that she can break that cycle, you know, or she can get to a different point in her marriage. Um, you know, Bill saying, like, he's never going to go to therapy because it's going to open up too much. Like, bro, you're already in this. You got, like, five ki- you're five kids deep. Like, you got to open up your feelings and and get on with it. But, girl, the amount of guys I know who will not go to therapy. Aren't there all those tweets where it's like men will literally like become, as I saw one about Batman, like men will become vigilantes instead of going to therapy. And it's true. Um, bup, bup, bup. Okay. Um, let's just, let's talk about Teresa and Louie. Okay. I have to point out that when Teresa is home with her daughters, it's one, a very forced scene where she's like, Gabriella, don't you love Louis? Isn't he so good? I'm so happy. Isn't everybody so happy for how good I am? And 
which is hilarious. I saw that <laughs> Teresa said something to Gia where she's like, were you guys on Instagram? Did you see what it is today? And it was funny because like, was it last episode or something? She was like, Gia's never seen the video. Gia doesn't know. She's not on it. She never saw that video on Instagram. It's like, okay. Um, but I have to point out that one, we already know that that bathroom is hideous. Okay. But why? Who? I thought I was bad with my makeup, but like how much, I get that they get a lot of free stuff, I'm sure. But these women all have like makeup artists that come and do their makeup. I'm sure they get lots of free stuff, but oh my God, that makeup vanity. I mean, what are, what are we, what is happening? What is happening there? It's, and then I'm like, what do the rest of your closets look like, Teresa? Like, you know, new money often is hoarders. Like a lot of a lot of immigrants, like, and I know this because my parents are hoarding immigrants, they love to just hold on to shit, right? Because it's like, I, I earned this and I got this and I have a memory from it and I can't throw it away because, you know, you have to hold on to everything that you buy. I feel like, I feel like Teresa is a low-key hoarder. I mean, we think that, right? We know that. We're going to find out next episode when they're like packing up their house. Um, they go on this date. Um, Louis uh has this this scroll. I mean, that was the 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 cherry on top of this episode. But the cherry on top for me was that when Louis <laughs> opens up the scroll and he's like telling Teresa what's like reading the things to her. <laughs> He does it in this way where he's like reading and then he's like moving his finger along. <laughs> it just reminds me of like a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> he's like, you are fierce and the most badass. <laughs> it's just like, Louis, can you not read? Do you think Teresa can't read? Like what, what's happening here? It's just, it was just hilarious. That was my favorite part. <laughs> of it. That and of course the saxophone. <laughs> Uh, um, they go to a spa day. Before that, Melissa's talking to Antonia about <laughs> guys. I I don't care. I don't care about Melissa Gorga. I don't care. Okay, I don't care. Okay. Um, they go to the spa, and it's a spa for Dolores. And Melissa says something about like she says something about like you know Dolores is obviously upset about the David thing, but she's not going to talk about it because it's the old school Italian way to hold it in until you blow up. And I was like, okay, so you know that that, that's acceptable for you, for your friend, for your husband, for your, obviously not for your sister-in-law, but you put up with it. It's the old school Italian way. So it's acceptable for them to do that. It's clearly what Jennifer is doing. Jennifer has been dealing with her husband, right? Like if you think about season, her first season, was it, um, March brought it up. Oh, your husband sleeps in the pool house and all that stuff. So she knows that this shit's going to come up. She knows that there's things that she's been, I mean, not even that she's triggered by the fact that Marge is a proud adulteress, you know, like Marge was a proud mistress. And, and so she's been triggered by these things over the years. And yeah, maybe it's her fault that she didn't ever talk about it. And it's definitely her fault that she's such a dick to people that it eventually came to bite her in the ass. But 
Melissa has empathy for somebody like Dolores who keeps her feelings in and then lets them out because it's the old school Italian way. But she has no empathy for Jennifer. Why? Well, she does the exact same fucking thing. And, and obviously, Melissa doesn't have – I always remember that Melissa didn't know what anti-Semite meant, okay? She didn't know. She just they asked her at the reunion and she said something like, yeah, it means to like be like hateful. I was like, okay, you don't know what that word means, but okay, Melissa, you're an idiot. Um, Marge also said at that moment when they're talking about Jennifer, because Teresa's like, look, just admit that you, you brought up the rumor because you wanted to hurt Jen, which is what I've been saying. And Marge says, I didn't want to hurt Jen. I just wanted to call her a hypocrite. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, because that's not hurtful. I don't understand. Um, I am excited for this, um, the takedown of little Kiki Barber. Okay, because fuck her. <laughs> She's so unnatural. Just something like, like they brought up her mom or they're talking about their moms because Dolores is talking about her mom. And little Kiki Barber said something like, yeah, I tell my mom all the time, yeah, keep taking your pot pills. I was like, you're not interesting. Get out of here. Who invited you? Um, by the way, guys, that spa service, I looked it up, and I think I'm gonna be doing it with my friends. It's very affordable. I'm not get they're not we're not sponsored by them. I'd like to be. <laughs> but I think I'm gonna try to do it this summer and tell you guys how it went. Um okay, let's talk about Rahasas of Salt Lake City. Oh, wait, before we do, can we just I know that the world loves Olivia Aiden. I love Olivia Aiden more than anybody in the world. First of all, I love her commitment to her bathing suits and pool time. We've seen this this little baby always and always ready to party in a bathing suit. She's like, okay, I'm going to go in the pool, but before that, I'm going to ride a bike. <laughs> I just, I love her. Okay, she's the best. She's the best. Um, okay, Salt Lake City. Ugh. <sighs> Guys, the husbands were brought out. They kind of talked about the Jen Shaw stuff. I mean. The fact that the fact that part of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion was who recommended Heather to the show, like therein lies the problem about this cast, right? The fact that we even brought up like Jen Shaw's audition tape, like there's something about that that keeps telling me like, okay, Bravo created this show in a factory. Like Bravo took tropes and put these tropes into a factory, you know? Like, and we talked last episode, I talked with Tom Hamlet about Noella being created from a crystal that is infused by 20 years of housewives. Salt Lake City is a TV show that is created by a crystal that was infused by 20 years of reality TV. Like, it just, it was, was so inauthentic. Like, the husbands are brought out. The Dewey stuff was fucking weird. Um, you know, Coach Shaw audition to like what we've seen on camera was like such a weird – when they showed Jen's audition tape, Coach Shaw was like, my wife, that girl, she's always shopping. And I – women be shopping, driving their husbands crazy. Like it was just like such an over-the-top person that I was like, wow, you – you guys really, really tried hard to get on this show. And then now that you're on the show, you're putting yourself up as like, I'm just so chill and like I'm such a calm guy and I'm such a good husband and I support my wife. I'm so – it was just like – it just it, – there was a disconnect for me. But they brought the husbands out. It was just like whatever. I did like what Coach Shaw said about, you know, therapy's really worked for us. They, they – <laughs> 
they talked to Dewey about like the sister wife thing. His answers were really weird. And then he said something like, you know, I told her, she told me to get help and I've been getting help. And he didn't outwardly say that he got therapy. He just said I got help. And then Andy just kind of insinuated that that was therapy. He assumed that it was. And then he was like, has anybody else gotten therapy? And obviously then Coach Shaw talked about like how important it is for black men to have therapy. And there was something about Dewey interjecting. And while I do believe that it's true that Asians also are not going to therapy. I mean, we just talked about Bill Aiden not doing it. There was something about the way he said it. He said we could all – something. Like, every time something comes up like this, like – and they bring up Asians. Like I think – I think Jenny did it earlier with a thing. It was something about like, we all could, we all, like it was almost like, oh, I know you're talking about the black experience, but let's also talk about the Asian experience because, you know, we're also hurting. And it's true. We are all hurting. Minorities across the board are hurting. But it was just the comparison. It just, mm, I don't know. I felt some kind of way about it. Okay. Um. Let's just jump to the Shahs, okay? The fact that they are still peddling this internal bleeding storyline to the point where Coach Shah has to disclose to the world about his rectal bleeding. I mean, my goodness, the dedication this woman has (laughs) to these lies. He said he never spoke to her. But, like, when Jen picked up the phone, she said, hi, baby, you talk to Coach's assistant that way? Like, I just, the whole thing, even the way Andy's, like, piecing together the puzzles of when, who called what, Homeland Security, da, da, da. And the way that Coach said, yes, that is the sequencing of events. That is the sequence of events. I was like, okay. All right. You, okay, this is what your lawyer told you to say. Got it. Um... Yeah. And then like at the end, you know, they kind of tried to ask Jen more questions. And one thing I noticed about Jen was she was literally going around the couch, just kind of like picking as many fights as she could. It was first with like Whitney with the sugar daddy comment. And then she said it was a joke and then it wasn't a joke. And then she went to Heather and said, I don't like the jokes you make. And then she tried to get in with Heather and then she went after Lisa. And then it was just like, it was just such a disaster and it wasn't necessarily entertaining or authentic. It just all felt to me like these are all people trying to create moments. I did like that like Lisa was just so fucking out of it. The scene that you, they, all you heard from Lisa was like an awkward laugh every few minutes. You just heard her go, ha ha ha, like her weird Lisa Barlow laugh that I've talked about before. It just, that's all you heard from her. And at the end when she was like, I'm afraid to be vulnerable. And I think actually that's true. That's probably the realest moment of Lisa Barlow we've ever seen. But it just, the whole reunion, third part of the reunion, one was unnecessary, two was just a lot. And three, we mustn't forget that Jennifer Shaw just dropped the N-word. Now let me tell you something. Does she have feelings about these words being used against her sons? Absolutely. She is raising black boys and what her kids experienced, the ring camera footage, her saying, I wanted everybody to see it because this is shit that happens to, you know, black and brown boys. It's important. I commend that. But I have a lot of friends who are married to or who are in interracial relationships. I've got friends who are raising 
black sons and black daughters who are not black themselves. They would never, ever in a million years say the N-word. They would say, my kids get messages being called the N-word. My kids are called the N-word. That is what they would say. But we know that Jen Shah has shown a, you know, she's shown it on camera. She's co-opted black culture just the way she co-ops being Muslim. I mean, the fact is that she was like, oh, when I was growing up, you know, everybody thought I was black. No, they didn't because you belong to a Mormon, you belong to a a community that was actually welcomed with open arms to the Mormon church. You knew what your culture was. You're Polynesian. You, you People didn't think that you were black. I'm sure people didn't know what you were, but they didn't think that you were black, honey, because you're not. You got a whole bunch of face done, face work done recently, and you've put on a, you know, really tried to emulate all of the black housewives that you've seen on TV, but you're not black. And we can't, being married to a black man and raising black sons doesn't give you the ability to to take that. It's just, it's an appropriation that I've seen her, you know, take on with everything. She's black. She's very black when she wants to be black and she's Asian when she wants to be Asian. I mean, the whole thing is a disaster. I just, I don't know where this show goes. Will I watch the next season? Obviously. Duh. Come on. These people are idiots and I love watching them. Okay. Let's go over to Orange County. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I barely took notes. Okay. Um, the Dubros threw a rap party for a show that isn't on Bravo. Is it going to be on Bravo? Am I going to watch it? Maybe. Maybe. Um, the biggest shocker at that party was the the story that she started, Heather, about a song. I thought that was going to be about Terry. But the fact that it pivoted to Richard Marks was very shocking. But then I didn't know that Richard Marks was married to Daisy Fuentes. Excuse me? I had no idea. That was exciting. That was probably the most exciting thing that happened this episode. Okay. Um, Dr. Jen threw a brain scan party. I thought it was fine. Um, you know, Dr. Jen is clearly somebody who's really peddling her business on TV. That's the point of her being on the show. I'm tired of talking about her marriage and all of this stuff with Ryan. You all know what our thoughts are about Ryan, that there is something else happening there. I mean, I was like, did you do a brain scan on your husband? Like, what, what, what about him? You know, um, it's just, I don't know. I find it very Uninteresting, uninteresting. It's displayed in a way that I feel icky. You guys know how we feel. Um, Gina and Shannon. Let's just talk about this. Okay, first let's talk about Gina and her ex-husband. There is something about the fact that this man was like never on camera when Gina and her Gina and him were married, and now he's like coming on camera with his girlfriend who looks like Kelly Dodd. It's just I don't know. I feel weird about it. I feel weird about it. I'm happy for Shannon that she's in a good place with him, obviously. But the whole thing is mm, heebie-jeebies. I don't know, no why. Um, let's talk about – oh, and before we go on to Gina and Shannon, I do want to give props where props are due, okay? Emily volunteering with the California Innocence Project. Fantastic. I know Emily gets a lot of flack for her political stances, and I have been recently working on being a person who doesn't throw the baby with the bathwater. 
and trying to understand people who might not necessarily, I might not necessarily agree with everything that they stand for, but I have to give them props where props are due. Emily volunteering with them is fantastic. Emily bringing it up on camera is fantastic. Um, I think that there's there's a huge, there's something really big about the fact that OC, which is a very traditionally conservative part of Housewives world, these people are very conservative. Emily, we know is conservative. For them to bring this up on camera is a huge deal. Um, and I appreciated it. You know, and I and what her motives were, whether she wanted to look good or not, whatever. The point of the, the matter is she brought it up on camera and an organization that does amazing work for for a lot of people, but it's a huge deal for uh for people of color who have been wrongfully incarcerated for them to be able to show an organization that works with stuff like that. Um, so props where props are due. Good for you, Emily. Um, now, Gina and Shannon, here's the thing. First of all, who cares? Secondly, Gina and Shannon are both very insecure people in their own world, okay? Gina is like my age. She's had a lot of shit happen to her. Uh, she's a pretty authentic person, but she's also, you know, like she's loving the fact that she's been taken under by Heather Dubrow. I think uh, Shannon was thinking that she and Heather would show this like great friendship on camera and this would be their way of bonding. But the fact that instead Heather has chosen to spend more time with Gina, I think Shannon thinks that Gina thinks that she's better than her because she got time with Heather. I think Gina thinks that Shannon thinks that Gina thinks she's better because of Heather and how much time they're spending. My point is, these two ladies are having private experiences, okay? They're both assuming that the other person is assuming the worst about them because that is probably how they feel about themselves, okay? That's that's all it is. You're just projecting and you're having a private experience. And it's not necessarily that interesting, but I do just love... You know, any time I get with Shannon Dubrow, uh, Shannon Dubrow, who the fuck is that? Shannon Bedore storms. <laughs> I just like when she's on camera because she's just so awkward. Like she walks into every party being like, okay, uh, hello, this is weird. Uh, like she's just like Tom said it last week. Shannon is somebody who has been on camera on TV for so long and still has no idea who she wants to be. And there's something very authentic and sweet and endearing about it and and co like comical about it um but her like picking fights with people over it is ridiculous like it's just it's not an interesting fight i don't really care about it whatever like move on okay this isn't that fun it's silly um noella talked a little bit about like her father her relationship with her father she's filming with her mom because nobody else really wants to film with her i don't know I don't know about Noella. Their um, reunion looks showed. Everybody looked like they were going to a different party. I love Gina's outfit. I know people are like, oh, it looks like a Shein outfit. Yeah, well, guess what? I would buy it if I had that body. I would wear a crop top and cute little sexy joggers if I could. But I can't because I wouldn't wear that because I don't have the body for it. But good for Gina. Um, everybody else looked crazy. They looked nuts. Shannon looked a little bit better. And I wish that Shannon went to Bones for her outfit. I'm surprised none of them did. Um, was this rushed? I feel like it was rushed. But guys, it wasn't that interesting. None of it was. I spent a majority of the time talking about Jersey because it's probably been the most interesting. But 
that's it. I'm very excited because next episode, my one of my favorite people in the world is going to be back in America. So I won't have to recap every single moment of every time somebody took a breath on TV <laughs> for her. Um, that's it. Oh, and if you want to support us on the Patreon, we got a lot of feedback about uh, the bonus I just released on Wednesday with my brother. We are going to be doing an episode this weekend um, with the Tom Hamlet and my brother, basically my real brother and my podcast brother. And I'm just, I'm super excited for that. So if you want to hear that episode, we're going to be releasing it on the Patreon Sunday night. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. And um, yeah, we'll catch you uh, on Wednesday. Me and Arthi back together in the same in the tame time zone in the same time zone reality is is now on patreon and here are some of our fabulous supporters tracy newman my presence is a gift so remember the thank you note lily some people say i'm too much but she's just starting marl farsi reading is fundamental and in farsi the reads are monumental tracy masters when you're the master of your own destiny no one can take you down Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tax bots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Adedokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. 